Welcome to the CRE Podcast, 100% Canadian, 100% commercial real estate. Now, here are your hosts, Aaron Cameron and Adam Pawatic. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Podcast, powered by First National. Our episode sponsor today is Yardy, and we thank them for that. I am Adam Pawatic, here with Aaron Cameron, my co-host. And today, our guest is Werner Dietl, who is president and CEO of CBRE Canada. Welcome to the show, Werner. Thanks for having me, Adam and Aaron. So we've had a number of CBRE people in the past. We've had Tony Quatrine, Sean Hamilton, Peter Sense, Brendan Sullivan. But I guess you would be, would you be their boss? Is that a fair statement? I'd like to say that we're partners. Partners, um, even better. Okay. But, but yes, we are colleagues. We work together and I'm very proud of the people I work with across it, Canada. Is that what they would call you? Just a partner? <laughs> That's a good question. I would say for the most part, yes. We'll have them back on to find out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Werner, we start off every episode just kind of getting the backstory on our guest. And I, I know that yours is an interesting one. And I believe it's a CBRE from start to finish. So if you can kind of give us, you know, the few minute version of how you got to where you are today, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, and great question to start off. So this is my 25th year with CBRE in Canada. I did spend two years after university in the hotel business, which I quite enjoyed because it taught me uh, that I had work ethic. But I did make an early pivot and got into commercial real estate in the mid-90s, which was, this was not one of the most attractive asset classes at the time. But yeah, I'm, I feel very fortunate and blessed to be with the company for 25 years. So in 1995, I guess that was just the very end of the stay alive to 95. When you talk to people that have been in the business for a while, they talk about you know the recession in uh, the early 90s. And then the mantra was stay alive till 95. So I guess that was yours as well, coming out of school until things took off. Yeah, I mean, I, I got into the business in 95 in industrial brokerage. That's where I spent about 18 years of my career running a sales and leasing team in the northeast part of Toronto. And yeah, in the mid 90s, it was tough to get showings. It was tough to get activity to your buildings. And it was tough to get people interested in even talking about commercial real estate because the challenges that business were going through were certainly not focused on their property and growth at that time. But I do think it was formative in my approach to understanding customer service and understanding how you know how you market properly and how you can really help clients in a brokerage capacity. You know, Werner, this is a, maybe a difficult question to answer, but you know, when you started in '95, did you kind of always have your eyes set on where you are today, or was it kind of you walked sort of, you know, I hate the term, but bass backwards into it? Like, where did you kind of get a realization in your career? You thought, you know what, I have the opportunity to become, you know, really senior in this organization. And what was that progression like? Yeah, so, uh, you know, listen, I would say no, I didn't have a roadmap that led me to where I am you know, that was set on that. I really enjoyed my sales career. I, as I was getting towards the end of that 18 years, I did feel that there was something gnawing at me, which I later learned was really just a leadership piece that I really, a muscle I wanted to exercise. And so, uh, so the pivot I made into leadership was fantastic. The amount of learning that I went through really in the last seven years has been absolutely dramatic. And certainly the period that we're in now as we enter, you know, the new decade, the roaring 20s, as they're saying, it's the learning is intense and it can be difficult at times. But, you know, that's really what I'm thriving on right now. I'm a lifelong learner as a whole, and I was looking for a new experience. So the pivot was, you know, from my perspective, it was difficult, but I do feel I had the, I had enough of the understanding of the 
organic pieces of what makes a brokerage business work from my days selling that I could apply that to, you know, in a leadership capacity. You know, Werner, when did you, maybe I'll just, I'll put it out there. Typically salespeople make terrible leaders. And so I find it fascinating that you made that observation earlier in your career that you, you were kind of missing a leadership role. What was the transition like? Like, how did you start taking steps towards, and I'm asking really for our listeners who, you know, maybe just kind of wanting, having the same kind of inclination, they're in a sales role today, thinking maybe that's not the be all and end all for them. How did you go about making that transition out of a sales role into more of a leadership role? Well, I mean, let me start by saying, first of all, our Canadian operation at CBRE is really driven by a long history of organic talent growth. So we're really focused on trying to ensure that we provide runway for all of our people, regardless of where they are in the company. And that really started right, you know, we're 37 years in business in Canada right now. And that started from our founder really all the way through. And so that's embedded in our culture. And so, you know, I partly may have put my hand up saying, hey, I'd like to help. Can I help with the, you know, where it started, quite frankly, was say, can I help our young professionals? Can I help them? Can I hold a session and just talk to them about having development, about goal planning, about prospecting, about customer service, the things that I was really passionate about. And so when we went through the GFC, so the global financial crisis, I started to do some mentoring in a group fashion with a number of our young industrial people in my office at the time. And that started to tell me something about myself. That started to tell me that I enjoyed giving back and I enjoyed sharing the moments where I gave someone an idea and six months later, they came to me and they said, hey, Werner, that idea you gave me was really great. My client highly benefited from it. I did a transaction and thank you. And that's sometimes all it takes, right, to, as a leader, that's really what you thrive on, right, is seeing other people's careers transform and grow. And so I think where it started was with me kind of putting my hand half up saying, hey, can I help? And then as my predecessor was taking the reins six years ago, there was an opportunity for me to get into his leadership team, and that was Mark Renzoni. And so I took the opportunity to just make the pivot at that point. But I guess if I look back, I'd been thinking about it probably for, you know, at least five years. How many careers are you overseeing now in your role? (laughs) Well, we're a big group across Canada. So on, you know, coast to coast, including our facilities management piece, we're 2,300 people. So I can't say that I'm shaping and mentoring 2,300 people, but I do take it upon myself every day to wake up and say, you know, how can I create runway for each of our professionals on the platform? I would say I directly mentor, you know, probably about 15 brokers. And then I would say then together, our leadership team then really works in unison to mentor the balance of our company. So this might, from a, the vantage point of being, of the role that you're in, with that many people working you know, with you, you know, as partners, as you say, maintaining that contact and that leadership position during this crisis in the last five weeks, what have you done to try and maintain that connection with the people that you would have had easier access to prior to our new way of doing business or temporary way of doing business? Well, yeah, it's a great question. And it's been certainly an intense five weeks of working from home. We closed all of our offices on March 13th. And so you know, we're now sitting here as we're recording this five weeks into that. And so, you know, it's not a replacement, I would say, for face-to-face meetings and social interaction, but we've been using video platforms to a high level and a high degree to make sure we're connected to our people, that the leadership team is communicating. And then I've been sending out 
communications, you know, as often as I can, just on what I'm seeing and sensing in the market. And I think when you look at the spirit of our culture, it really is one where in each regional operation, you know, so whether that's by province or by branch, there is a very unique bond between those groups. And so those groups are having their own video chats and getting together on phone calls and doing what they can to stay connected. And then we're then trying to seam that all together, you know, on a national basis. I will tell you, it's not easy. I mean, it's everyone, unlike other crises that we've all been through and I've seen in my career, we are all separated. We are all isolated in our own homes. And so just the quick casual coffee that you may have shared with somebody in the cafe, you know, in in a previous era, just to commiserate about whatever the day had led you rightly or wrongly, that doesn't exist. So I think that, you know, there is, you know, we're doing our best to keep people, people connected through those means, through video, and then through written communication. But I can tell you, there's a whole host of people on our platform that are itching to get back to the office in one way or the other. Well, especially with the large sales first, but by nature, they're social people. And so the isolation is particularly Absolutely. hard. Uh, that personality type does not do well locked up in a home office for weeks on end. Yeah. So, you know, virtual, uh, I've seen virtual happy hours across the country, not just at CBRE, but at certainly at many firms, virtual breakfast chats over coffee. I mean, so people are trying their best to do it. And so a whole bunch of that is organic, just driven through some of the sales teams and the relationships that they may have with one another. And others are driven, you know, through what I would say our national platform and, and the things that we'd like to do to make sure that the cohesion exists between our people as it does when we're all physically in our offices. And I guess it's actually maybe an advantage from the Canadian perspective with a national scope is you're already used to managing people that are geographically very far separated from you. Whereas if it was a much smaller geography, maybe it wouldn't be such an issue. And I know that here at First National, we have the same thing. We've got many offices across the country and our senior leadership is you know struggling with the same thing to keep the cohesion. And we have also indulged in a First National happy hour, similar to the, the CBRE one. There is a benefit in it. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, what, what is interesting is when you look at, uh, when I look as, because I'm now 16 months into my new role, I did a ton of traveling up until, I'm going to say, like the 7th of March of this year. And that was probably my last trip. And it might be my last trip for a while. So I think we all have to get accustomed to this type of virtual conversation and creating that bond, you know, across the country. But for many of us that are are accustomed to traveling, you know, a few days a week, it's definitely an adjustment. And I think some people take that as a positive and, and others are, are struggling with it. You know, Werner, I'm fortunate enough to participate in some of the senior leadership team meetings at First National. And, and, you know, we're five weeks into the sort of isolation and starting to feel like things are stabilizing. And now quickly the conversation is leading to, okay, as we start to get phased back into work, what are the things that we need to be worried about? What are the things that we need to be conscious of as we come back to work? And what's going to change? Maybe I'm curious if you're having conversations at sort of the senior levels within CBRE Canada, or maybe it's internationally about how the real estate community is just going to be different when we're all kind of back at work. Yeah, well, absolutely. And and I would agree with you that the conversation is shifting now to the look forward because, you know, for the most part, you know, being five weeks of remote working, most companies are stabilized, at least in understanding how they're operating today. So we are, you know, I guess here's the benefit of the global platform is we have operations, obviously, in Asia, we have operations in Europe, we're seeing and letting this play out in real time. 
and we are writing playbooks right now for the Americas that will dictate, you know, how we return to the office. And that's going to be, I'd say, for obviously our internal personnel, but also for to the benefit of our clients. And so what we're trying to do is take the learning of what we've seen in other parts of our platform, what are we doing and what are our clients doing in those markets? And then how do we, how can we then boil that down to the regional level and say, okay, so in Canada, how does it roll out? I personally don't see this rolling out like a green light and then everyone in Canada going back at the same time. I think it's going to be very regionalized, very laser focused, specific, you know, to cities, but then also some industries will want to go back sooner than others. And as Adam was saying, I think sales and any service oriented advisory companies, they're naturally working best when they're in front of other people. And so I I do think there's going to be this temptation that we'll all have to resist to an extent to make sure we are going back in a very thoughtful manner and that we're really thinking it through properly. So uh, the benefit of the global scale is, yeah, yeah, so go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny you say that because I mean, our conversations go around sort of essential services and, you know, you think about like restaurant workers and, you know, there's a whole slew of people that would probably stack ahead of, you know, commercial real estate sales broker as far as, you know, those that absolutely must get back out into society. And so we're maybe not dissimilar to you guys thinking that we're probably going to be one of the more, the later released, if you will. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think what we've proven in the last five weeks is we can be highly effective working remotely. And I think that as Adam and I were chatting just before we got on the actual podcast, by nature, people in commercial real estate on the advisory side thrive on their relationships with their clients. And they really, I think the face-to-face interaction is where you gain a lot of energy. And I think that Part of the challenge we have right now, just as people that are goal-oriented, that, that are performance-oriented, is that you have to find your energy in different areas because you're not necessarily getting it you know, just by having a virtual connection or a Zoom call. And so I think we have to still be really measured and balanced in how we return to work. And so I'm viewing it almost as very localized, floor by floor, division by division. How does it go back? And let's be really thoughtful about it and make sure that everyone is comfortable because that you know, if people aren't comfortable, then you're not, you haven't achieved the goal, in my opinion. And then even at, uh, at a corporate level, like obviously your salespeople are connected, you know, to their clients, but CBRE has got a very highly visible position in the marketplace, you know, lots of speaking events. Have you done anything in the meantime to replace that dissemination of knowledge that you were doing into the marketplace? Or is it wait until we get back into the full swing of life? No, we're, uh, we're fully open for business on that front. So we this week had our inaugural virtual market outlook, which is part of our, I would say, our external speaking series that we would do across the country. And so we rolled that out on Tuesday. And what we've proven to ourselves is the format works and it can be as engaging and thoughtful as it can be in person. And so that program is going to continue over the weeks to come. And our goal there is really just to dig into insights that we're seeing across, you know, our platform from the field level, like from each asset class and from all of our producers and brokers that are in the field working with their clients day to day, and then layering that together with what's happening in the macro economy, and then bringing a guest speaker to add context to it. So we're definitely, we're ready to go on that. And our research and communication teams have been totally lit up and working really long hours to ensure that everyone on the platform is, is aware of what we're doing and that we can also continue to advise our clients. 
Well, George Presbilewski from the Real Estate Forums, I've spoken to him about this, and it's probably worth mentioning now that it's the Real Estate Forums has set up this call for us, and we thank them for that. But he's mentioned that when the going gets a little tough in real estate, the interest in the forums is heightened because everybody wants more immediate real estate knowledge. So I imagine that your research teams probably see the scene that they're, they're more in demand than when things were just sailing along with the blue sky ahead of us. Yeah, I think any research that we would have done on a quarterly 90-day rolling basis is being accelerated and we're really looking at things very closely even you know, on a weekly to bi-weekly, monthly basis depending on the asset class and what data we can get out of it. But yes, they are extremely busy as is our valuation and appraisal group, who's obviously working really long hours, you know, at the request of clients taking a look at the implications of what the COVID-19 effect might be on their property values. So, Werner, you know, in these times, I mean, I appreciate it's tough, but, you know, you would have done your planning back in, you know, Q4, Q3, 2019 for what your objectives were for 2020. And, you know, how are you handling the disruption that COVID has kind of laid on us for all the things that you wanted to get done this year? Well, I mean, listen, I, I think like many businesses, the first quarter was business as usual for the most part. And so really talking about the last three quarters of the year. But yeah, I think what you have to do as a business leader right now is everything has to be put on hold and focused on the task at hand, which is stabilizing the operation, protecting your people and ensuring they're connected and ensuring our clients are getting what they need from us and that our service levels aren't impacted. So I don't think from my perspective, you can't get frustrated with the cards that you've been dealt because we are all in this together. And this is not just a commercial real estate issue or a CBRE issue. This is a global pandemic. And so as part of that, as I mentioned, we are all in this together. You've got to manage through the short term and then you can get back once things start to stabilize and you clear and you get through some of the fog, you can start to get into what what your forward-looking game plan is. That's my current philosophy on it, is just protect what you have and ensure the focus for me and also for my entire leadership team is solely on that. So, Werner, as you mentioned, this is a global pandemic and commercial real estate is just a part of it, but it is the part, of course, that we have the most influence over. So what do you think we as an industry could do to help make the situation better, whether that's short-term, long-term, or whatever your views are? Uh, It's a great question, Adam. I think, so here, when I look back on my 25-year career in commercial real estate, our industry is so much more mature than it was when I started. It's so much deeper. The level of expertise in it and thought leadership across the board from every sector is there. So I do feel, I feel very proud to be in this industry. I feel very proud to see what our folks at CBRE are doing in their communities. And as an industry as a whole, I do think we can use this as an opportunity to rally together, to strengthen our bond, regardless if we're competitors or not, strengthen the bond between the whole industry, rally, and really try to create some real impact in the communities that have been, uh, and in the sectors that have been the most affected. So what do I mean by that? I start to think of when we're back to work, you know, how do we, just as consumers, how do we ensure that the local shopkeepers are getting their fair share in our, you know, of our spend, you know, in the immediate areas around us? How do we use our volunteer hours and the number of people that CB has and our industry has as a whole to try to help those in need? I do think we are all self-isolating and there are so many that are out working right now on the front lines and doing their part. I do think on the return to work, those of us that have been deemed 
non-essential and, and are effectively on the sidelines need to then play their part. And so I'm really excited to see what we can do, you know, certainly from CBRE's perspective, but as a commercial real estate industry as a whole to affect the recovery and to accelerate the recovery. So that's really where my mind has been going in the last several weeks. And I'm so proud just to see what our industry is doing as a whole to help a lot of the municipal healthcare, you know, some municipal hospitals, the provincial, you know, uh, health services across the country. There's just been a tremendous outreach and uh, it makes me proud to be in the industry that we're in. It is nice to see an aspect other than just trying to make a buck, which uh, is prevalent. It's good to see there's the real humanitarian side to to all these people that we work with. Werner, I want to thank you for coming on on the podcast today. This has been a very unique perspective. Out of all the guests we've had on, we've never had somebody in your position come on to speak. So this has been interesting. We want to thank First National for powering the podcast. We want to thank Yardi for being the episode sponsor and Real Estate Forums for the introduction to Werner to make this all happen. Thanks again, Werner. Thanks, Werner. Thanks for That's having great. me, Adam. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you for listening to the CRE Podcast. The information from this broadcast is not to be relied upon as financial investing, professional accounting, or legal advice. First National Financial LP holds Financial Services Commission of Ontario License Number 10514 and 11252.